We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Anora Boys in the building, brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Hey, yo, I like that scully. AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly, man. Audio edibles each and every day, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation. You know where we reside. It's the home of the misguided passion. And then YouTube, subscribe to us, man. The thumbs up, hit it for us. That's we right. It. Hit that notification bell. The Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We, we sent it. Yeah. Now we're laughing before we started because Left is going with the backpacker look today. He's going with the preppy backpacker look, and you know myself, I'm, I'm going trucker look. Yeah, I got. On That's right. That's right. Tucker jacket, corduroy. You know what I'm saying? Sport my fashion geek. And um, what's your favorite material left to dress up in? First of all, I I can't stand summer, so I'm just going anything connected to summer. It's too hot. I just put t-shirts on with shorts, basketball shorts, and I'm good. I've always been a very uh, plush. Like I love the super big sweatshirts. I love cashmere, you know, that Egyptian cotton type of stuff. I don't really know how I feel about the suede sweatsuits. That's not the same vibes. So but you, you, don't rock, you, you never had a Sean John velour? The Sean John velour, I didn't rock it. I thought, you know, my parents rocked it when it was hot mm-hmm. back in the, you know, was it the early 2000s. But I've always been the oversized, super plush cashmere type of type of cotton or type of a uh, garment I liked. And my pattern, I love the stripes. I'm a pattern, I like the stripe pattern has always been cool for me. I am very much, yeah, I have two. And I gotta have my churchy style and then my everyday style. But church style, is that the big suits? You know how to see no, I, I don't. Big. No, I'm a sport coat dude. I'm a sport coat. Upper echelon vest, dude, with the jean look. Oh, the, the vest bubble. with the jean look. Yeah, yeah that's mine. That's, that's, that's my look. I that's prefer. I said this before. I prefer bow ties over regular ties. 
Cause with the jeans you put the with the boots on or the or right. the nice, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, little right. steel toe almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So this goes back to, could you ever see a football uniform velured up? Do you think anybody would ever go outside the realm of material of normal football uniforms and go to an alternative material? Uh, that is, everything is about stretchy and tightness. Okay, let's say even if it's in the material, let's say the numbers are, let's say, substance of instead of instead of what we get normally. Let's just say the numbers are like some type of hair or fur to stand out. Like if Texas actually had their numbers uh, resembling the fur on Bevo, who was actually the steer mascot for the texas longhorn so what if they had their normal uniform but the numbers and the name were in like the cream and burnt orange uh fur material for a certain game do you think that would be too much i actually think that would be a dope little combination man i'm if if i were a texas fan i would probably think about purchasing that jersey just strictly for a collector's item even if I didn't want to wear it. I actually might think about doing that. I might think about doing that. What if Notre Dame had like suede, green suede numbers and lettering on their uniform? I mean, it would be interesting to see us try a different material. I think if we went to a uh my favorite material for any jersey 
which I think Notre Dame should consider. When we rock these type of jerseys, Notre Dame was winning football. Jerseys. The mesh jerseys that didn't really stretch, but they tight because, you know, mesh can only go so far, and I love the mesh jerseys. It's like those practice jerseys. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. The mesh jerseys. I've never, you said it was all about fit, and I've really never tried on a football jersey like that. But remember, okay, it's like the same thing as the basketball jerseys that are reversible. Mm -hmm. The reversible basketball jerseys are the same thing. You know what? Now that you say that, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Hmm. On today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the deep dive of whether or not Notre Dame needs a Superman, a quarterback. Does Notre Dame need a Superman, a quarterback? And then we're going to look at film, some of these new wide receiver offers. One kid, Notre Dame has two reasons to go to IMG games this year. We'll talk about that young man. We also have a new offer from the state of Texas. And it doesn't fit the profile of some of the earlier offers from Mike Brown in the wide receiver room for the 25 class. Because yesterday we talked about the need for Notre Dame to have a chess piece offensively. A Percy Harvin type. Left, they might have listened to the show because they gave a scholarship to a Percy Harvin type in style of play, but not in size. And we'll get to that young man as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not the size, but the, the playmaking ability. Absolutely. Notre Dame. Coaches back on the road. Man, Marcus Freeman, Mike Denbrock, Mike Mickens, Stephen McCullough from Mike Brown. They're down in the sunshine, sunshine state today, left. They went to see James Simon and, and spent time not only in Mississippi at Deuce Knight's basketball game last night, but they were also in Missouri to check out another running back. We're going to watch his film, James Simon. And I like how they recruit there. away from the weather places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And while down in the Sunshine State, they're going to check in on one of those wide receivers that we're going to watch film of today. They're going to check in with Dallas Golden who just left South Bend and has been crystal ball to eventually commit to Notre Dame. And then Gino Gadouli and Al Washington would be in the state of Tennessee, Tennessee, the volunteer state, where they're going to check out 26 quarterback Jared Curtis. We'll watch his film tomorrow, left, because we didn't want to stack a lot of film today. But that film will be in the second half of the show. And then they'll be looking, on, looking in on Ethan Utley, the 6'4", 270-pound defensive alignment uh, and this kid the entire sec wants this kid he's a stud he's an absolute stud and then chris o'leary he was in texas he was actually the one that extended the offer to the percy harvin type that we'll be tapping in with he'll be in dallas joe rudolph will be in virginia and west virginia and then marty biagi will also be in the state of texas he'll be checking out the houston area so notre dame coaches once again on the road let's get to our initial topic as always you know what's smoking 
What's Smoking? Brought to you by Fashion Geek. AlonzoJackson.com, Fashion Geek. We run the city. There's no damn need a Superman at quarterback. And what brought this about left? I'm listening to Steve Young on with Rich Eisen. And Steve Young was talking about Brock Purdy. And he was talking about, you know, the situation, the beneficial situation that Brock Purdy's in, which was similar to the situation that he was in. And as a Hall of Fame quarterback, he said, I have no shame in saying that I had a lot of help around me to help me win ultimately, help me get to a Super Bowl and ultimately win a Super Bowl. And it's part of the reason I was able to have a Hall of Fame career. And he said, I don't think there's any shame in that. He said, the problem with Josh Allen and the Bills is that they ask him to be Superman far too much. They ask him to be Superman far too much. And because of that, it probably impacts their decision-making and what they feel like they have to put around him. And the truth of the matter is, Josh Allen needs help. He needs more help. And I found that to be very interesting, and I respected it because of Steve Young acknowledging the fact that him as a Hall of Fame quarterback still needed more help than people probably expected from him being an elite quarterback or a really good quarterback. And so that begs the question left, as we talk about Notre Dame and the improvement in the talent in the quarterback room under Marcus Freeman, do they need one of those quarterbacks to be a Superman? Or do they just need someone that can make the big plays? Now, we know that the talent in the room Physically is greater than Stetson Bennett. Okay, but I'm just going to use Stetson Bennett as the example. Left is probably driving. He's going to reconnect. He's on the move. You can say what you want to say about Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett had moments. Moments. He would play terrible, play subpar, and then have moments. He played terrible in the second quarter, third quarter against Ohio State in the semifinals last year. And then the fourth quarter, man, just clutch. So does Notre Dame need Deshaun Watson against Alabama? Or do they need Stetson Bennett at Georgia? It's just an interesting question. What type of quarterback do you think Notre Dame is ultimately going to need to get over the hump and win a championship? It should be interesting. Now, how do you feel about that? Look, I, I, look what type of quarterback does Notre Dame need to get over the hump? Do they need a Deshaun Watson that's going to have dominant performances, or do they need a guy that's like Stetson Bennett that's just going to be clutched in the biggest moments. I think if we had something of a mix between a Stetson Bennett and a a Stetson Bennett and a Justin Fields, I think if we get a kid that has enough dynamic ability as an athlete like a Justin Fields but makes a right enough a right amount of enough throws as a Stetson Bennett 
we got the best of both worlds. We don't need necessarily Deshaun Watson, who's just the overarching, overtaking hero figure of the team where it's sink or swim. We have a team that can provide a lot of help and resources where the whole Stetson Bennett comes in. It's because they, we got us receivers we can throw it to. We got tight ends we can get it to. We got running backs. But to not be the the main character, but still be a support character that's important is where the quarterback has to lie. We don't need him to be the main character. We need him to be his right-hand man. Basically, you just described the challenge of Riley Leonard this year. Yeah. Yeah, right? basically. <laughs> and that's why I brought this up, because in hearing Steve Young say that about Josh Allen, I feel like Riley Leonard is coming from a situation where he was asked to put on the cape every game. Yeah, you're at Duke. He was asked to put on the cape every game. How difficult of a transition is it going to be for him to not feel like, or will it be a relief for him to say, yo, I'm so glad I don't have to put this cape on. And that's why I think the challenge comes in because now it's like doing too much instead of doing what your job is. If we are calling a play for you to get the ball to Chris Mitchell on a 10 and out route, we don't need you to make up something on the spot, run around the, the yacht, the yard like 15 yards in a row and then make the throw. It's, it's almost doing too much. We just need you to drop back, hit the guy on time, move on. And when you're so accustomed to being like, it, maybe not be there, I got to make something happen, that changes the game and it can really mess up a team that's built on just doing your job, not built on being a superstar. That right there is something that I think moving forward during the season is going to be very pivotal, right? Because we believe Steve Angeli is probably already in that mode, right? A quarterback that's just going to be able to do what he's asked to do. You get a talent like Riley Leonard, like do you ask him to do more? And coming from the place where he's used to putting on the cape in big moments, how does that translate to whether or not he can become clutch? Does he become Josh Allen in big moments? Meaning that he can make a great pass, but at the same time, he might not be careful with the ball or he could throw a costly interception. That's the price of having those type of quarterbacks, right? I remember yeah. the year that Deshaun won the championship with the Clemson Tigers. I think he had 17 interceptions. I mean, the man was throwing the ball 80 times in games. Exactly. They're, they're right? Living and dying off of him. Living and dying off of him. And people were criticizing him. I'm like, well, man, if you throw the ball 80 times and you throw three interceptions, it's like. And you can give the perfect analogy of the Caleb Williams and Drake May. Drake May was the best player on his team, but Drake May never took the, the charge of, oh, we're winning and losing because of me. They put that charge on Caleb Williams. They put all of winning and losing on Caleb Williams, knowing he doesn't have a defense, knowing he doesn't have a secondary, knowing that the run game is suspect. But everything came down to winning and losing. But you look at somebody in that same position, 
I think like a Drake May who is expected to be the best player but plays more of a game manager role. Drake May is not going to give you necessarily the highlights of highlights every single game. But they're going to ask him and require him to be an important factor of winning. And that's all I want Riley to be. An important factor to winning. Before when we won games, the quarterback was on like three or four importance. The importance of the quarterback and Riley Leonard and whoever gets in there, you got to be two or three, if not one B. Consistently. Because if you're giving us the third best, fourth best effort or the production that we need, it's not going to be enough because who else is it going to come from? The tight end can't do it all. Our receivers are still unproven. The running back led the team, but that's not enough. Not when you get in the high-scoring games. We're not going to have a running back get five rushing touchdowns and when we score 45 points. It's going to have to come from throwing the football. It's not. <laughs> Until our running back, Jeremiah Love, starts throwing the football, he's not going to have five or six. So I'm so concerned about Ryan Leonard being that factor that we need to win. That's what's carrying us through. Lucky Lucky Podcast. It is absolutely amazing that we can sit here and talk about the nuance of the game, the nuance of the position, the importance of the position that has the ball in their hands the vast majority of the time and definitely on every play, whether it's both sides of the ball. For both teams. And, and I'm kind of stuck left because I want Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, and Deuce Knight to become exceed expectations and become the best that they can become. Because we need to see that development at Notre Dame at the quarterback position. It's something that we truly have not seen. And we're gonna be robbed of it again because Steven, I mean, because Riley Leonard's only here for a year. We're not going to see a development in this in this part of the season. Yeah, that's true. I think if Riley Leonard was here for two years, the second year would probably be, man, you can book a Heisman. You can book him being in New York. You can book Notre Dame being in the playoffs and being a, a true contender, right? And because that's basically what we saw from Michigan, right? Win, lose, a draw, or regardless of how he played, they made the decision to move on from Cade McNamara, and it was J.J. McCarthy. This is our dude. This is our quarterback. This is the one that's going to get us over the hump. Which, by the way, J.J. McCarthy pops up in Mel Kuyper's first mock draft. We're going to talk about that as well. That's a joke, in my opinion. But, hey, it is what it is. Lucky Lefty Podcast. But the strength of Notre Dame left is that Notre Dame has proven to this point that they can compete with every program in the country except one. And that was, and I say was because Nick Saban is no longer the head coach of Alabama. That changes a lot of things for me. Really? I mean, it seems like it's changed a lot for the players on the team as well. 
Oh, heck yeah. Like Everybody thinks Kalen DeBoer may be a good coach and all that, but when it comes to putting your career on the line, they're not willing or believe yet fully that Kalen DeBoer can just replace Saban like that. And it shouldn't be that easy. I mean, Nick Saban's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And with saying that left, I think they played Georgia in two close games. They've beaten Clemson. They've yeah. beaten USC. They yeah. played Ohio State down to the last snap and into the fourth quarter the year prior. Competing is not a problem. Being able to make the big plays in the biggest moments has been the issue. Whether it's the quarterback, wide receivers, safeties not catching interceptions when they have the opportunity. I mean, man, they still talking about DJ Brown from that on. I mean, cause oh. we we told you when it happened that that would be the crux of the season moving forward. It would be hard to get over that no matter what we did moving forward. The fact that that became a staple of that game. Yeah. They talk when about DJ Brown. They talk about DJ Brown the same way they talk about Pete Versage against Boston College in 93. Yep. Yep. It's... Is the exact same conversation. And so I just well that's that was the question of the day for Notre Dame fans. Like, do you feel Notre Dame needs a dude? A Deshaun Watson type? A Joe Burrow type? Or do you think Joe they Burrow can type would be perfect? We don't have enough receivers to fit that though. <laughs> I mean, Joe Burrow had a hell of man. He had a lot of help, bro. A ton of help. He had a ton of help. But that but that also came from having two debatable number one receivers. You got mm. Tyler Boyd, who was like the perfect slot guy for you, you know, because he can just do so much. It's one of those things, man, where uh, I think Notre Dame has a potential of that. But then this comes down to the talent of the quarterback. Does Riley Leonard have enough talent, though, to disperse the football, to get a Bo Collins, uh, 40 catches, a Chris Mitchell around 60? You got Jeremiah Love getting involved, a tight end staying on pace of a, a 40, 50 reception year. You know, guys got to be able to to feel like he can get it to him. If this is the Riley Leonard show where he's going to have 1,500 rushing yards, 2,500 passing, it's just a disservice to why we're going so hard in the transfer portal. See, Les, this is this is why it's so interesting and nuanced, right? Because the three guys they currently have in a room behind him, including Deuce Knight, they're all different. Deuce Knight is totally different than C.J. Cross. Totally Kenny Minchie Kenny is totally different than both of those guys. So it's not like you have three of the same quarterbacks, right? But you think you can win with all three of those quarterbacks. But it does beg the question as to what are we doing? Soon as Deuce Knight walk in that, that room, he's going to look around and they're going to look at him like, we clearly don't fit. Like, there's, there's no way you can tell me that the offensive coordinator in Denbrock is calling the same things for Deuce Knight that he is for C.J. Carr. That even is for Kenny Minchin. So it's going to beg the question of, we got to get on board as to what we're doing as an identity. Because I know that Deuce Knight isn't going to look at C.J. Carr playing if he does or whatever, even Kenny Minchin playing, and saying, oh, those are the plays that are going to be called for me. Because I would look at it as a disservice. 
I would look at it as a disservice. So this has to be Gino and Denbrock constantly feeding Deuce, constantly feeding CJ, just telling the room that maybe our offense is interchangeable. But you can't tell me it's going to be the same. Because I'm not going to believe that. When you tried to convince us that Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner run the same plays, <laughs> they are. Sam Hartman and Steve Angeli didn't even run the same plays. And they're more alike than, <laughs> than the other one. So it's going to be important that if we do have a quarterback by committee or a quarterback carousel, then we need to identify what is the base of the offense. We can't just change the identity of the offense every time we change QB. Yeah. And yeah. because all our QBs are extremely different. I mean, we're we're talking about from a 40 standpoint, 4-8 to 4-5-4-4 range in the room. That's a large range for a quarterback group. So that just tells you that what offense are you going to run with a quarterback that isn't as fast and then a quarterback that has a lot of speed? Guys that are very time-based first guys that are playmakers. <laughs> so how the receivers going to adjust to it? Because I remember, you know, when I played, it was just something about whenever I got in, all the receivers got excited because they like, he going to throw it deep at least once or twice. <laughs> well, he going to throw it deep. He going to give us a chance. Right. But when Tommy got in, it's like, okay, Tommy going to provide us this and this and this. So we got to be on our P's and Q's. You got to be making sure we break out, break, you know, that whole thing. So even the team responds, that's what I'm getting to. The team responds differently to, to quarterbacks that are in the room and when they play, but it doesn't change unless the identity change. So if we have a core foundation of what we want to do, running the football or throwing the football, then it needs to fit the quarterback that we have. If we're changing quarterbacks from Deuce Knight to CJ in a game, I just feel like it'll be hard to get the same chemistry. I don't believe CJ and Deuce are the same type of quarterback. That's like the dynamic of Tommy and Ev. Tommy and Ev were two completely different guys. Now, they made it work. But I think a lot of that was because Ev was really young. And Tommy just had experience in different ways at that time that Ev didn't. But the talent, Ev could throw, you know, Ev could throw over the stadium to the moon, all that. But Tommy's going to get the ball anticipation. You know how Tommy's going to do it. So I think that's an anomaly, but I also think it's experience that helped that situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
I'm going to say this. I think there are multiple ways that Notre Dame can win and get over the hump with multiple type of quarterbacks. And I think that's the strength of Notre Dame being who they are from a program standpoint. From a program standpoint, that's like the strength of Notre Dame and where they sit. Bringing Mike Denbrock in, who has the skill set, as people have talked about in the chat, as you and Cam McDaniel have talked about playing under him, is that, yo, this, this is a guy that gets the best out of the players that he has. He has a no-excuse no mentality. And so that's the benefit moving forward for Notre Dame. Because we're in the no, we're entering the no excuse era for Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman. The Stanford Marshall unacceptable, unacceptable. But not, it's not destroying year one. It yeah, was year not one. Walk, Yeah, not walking on the field, destroying teams like Northern Illinois, unacceptable. Oh yeah, hell no, unacceptable. Hell no. Right, Northern Illinois is gonna run the football. That's all they're gonna do. Well, heck, if they have the same quarterback, they definitely can't throw it. And it's funny because their head coach is a running back. He tells you. I had him I had him this year at CBS. He was like, look. <laughs> yeah. We're going to run it till they stop us. He said, why are we looking to throw the football when we can run it till the, till the air out the football? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think – I think it's very nuanced when you ask the question. I thought it's very admirable of Steve Young to admit that he was a quarterback that needed help, that he does not put himself on the same level with the likes of Tom Brady, the likes of John Elway that did more with less. And as you get very few of those, is you know, you get a Trevor Lawrence dude. The combination to go from Deshaun to Trevor Lawrence, Dabo must have been interceding and doing some really great things in life. In that season, bro. You say he's doing some really great things. Yeah, like hey, we know, we know he's, we know he's GC. But, but with Deshaun and Trevor from from the same state, you know, they probably got the same type of ties. That whole thing. Trevor's high school coach actually has a really good connection with Dabo because uh, uh, Julian, the guy that is like the number one quarterback in the twenty-five class. That's his coach now. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge connection there where it's like a it's like a pipeline. You know, I think it's a pipeline. And for Dabo to get so blessed and that from having Taj, you can't forget Taj, Taj Boyd. He had DeAndre Hopkins. Then he gets him a Deshaun Watson for four years. Think about that. They was doing Taj Boyd like Kelly Bryant for Deshaun Watson. I'll never forget Deshaun Watson's breakout game against North Carolina because we had played North Carolina later that year. And he had like 400 yards or something like that as a true freshman. And so LaFleur is so funny. LaFleur is like, yeah, he's going to be all right when he gets his. It's just so crazy how Lafleur, having stories with LaFleur and now he's the head coach of the Packers and how it all, you know, becomes transitionary. But I don't think Notre Dame is – I think if Notre Dame ever gets a Brady Quinn again, at this time and stage of what college football is, I think it'll be great for college football, and then the Notre Dame fan base will feel better about our championship runs. 
it's it's yo take brady quinn that's a great great player to bring up brady quinn did everything possible to beat usc brady quinn had a fantastic game against usc led them down the field in the fourth quarter on a drive to take the lead fourth and long bro all he needs is his defense to make one stop that's it fourth and goal all he needs is his defense to make one stop or the last play of the game because i don't remember if it was fourth and goal. i think they got a first down on the liner scramble and then they missed on first down and then they eventually got it on the sneak but it that's the nuance right because you can't sit back and be like yo brady quinn didn't do enough like man he left the field with his team ahead a defense that had been pretty solid all day considering they were playing against jared liner bush lindell white yo they kept notre dame in the game they just couldn't get that one play and this is what we're talking about man it's painful as it was it comes down to that right were there plays that yeah brady quinn turned the ball over he turned notre dame turned the ball over they didn't you know always convert in the red zone what you need to do against a team like usc man we can go back and point out different things you know the reggie bush both of his run touchdown runs it's like yo bad fits by the linebackers we can talk about all of that but at the end of the day man it really comes down to the fact somebody's gonna have to be that dude somebody somebody's gonna have to be that dude and it's not always this is where i say it's unfair left at some point it's not going to be on riley leonard this year but riley leonard's going to get the l if they lose every time and that's what stinks if that's we lose it's going to be riley's name in the conversation as to why and hey as you've said to me hey he accepted the assignment and took the check and took the check when you take he the check the, it is what it is man there ain't no feeling bad for you it comes with the territory but the game is so nuanced and the fact of the matter is notre dame is probably a stetson bennett away from getting over the hump having a clutch quarterback heck we said it 10 had moments in every loss where he could have turned the tide of all three of those games yeah if he just made a play or made a throw yeah he had to be the proponent as to why we won that clemson game you know when you're the quarterback you have the opportunity especially if you're playing on a good team to change the trajectory of a game with a play, a throw, a decision, like that's, yo, that pick six took the ball out of Aldrich Estime's hand. Yeah. We we can say that. That pick six, which extended the lead, now possibly you take the ball out of the hands of Aldrich Estime, which allows you as the quarterback to be more efficient in the second half. And this is the impact of decision making and being the quarterback and playing to your team right and that's something that riley leonard 
who's been used to having a red cape on now has to learn, yo, I just need to play to my defense. I need to play to my team. Yo, you know what? But that if also we, makes it harder because now it's like we're asking you not to lean on your instinct. Mm -hmm. We're saying, Riley Leonard, we believe that the player we're calling this route for is going to win, and you got to hit him on time. Mm -hmm. They're not telling him that at Duke. They're like, this is what we're presenting, and you make the best out of it. Now when you have to be technical, it's not about your talent. It's about you playing and doing your job. So when they say we calling this third and eight, hit this 10 and out on time because he know we're going to be open, we're not expecting you to drop back, run around, make five guys miss, try to – because you're just taking away from what it takes to get it done. Mm-hmm. If we need a guy to just be a highlight factor, we've had all types of guys like that. But we need a guy that's going to win and be clutch when we need him to be. That's what makes it hard. This goes back to what we said, right? Because the unfortunate thing with Notre Dame and the quarterback position in the portal is more than likely it's going to be a one-year guy, which stinks. Because if you get a guy that can go into his second year, you're going to get even better results the majority of the time, right? If Jack, we we saw in his first year that Jack Cohn was clutch. You don't beat Virginia Tech, you don't beat Toledo, and you don't beat who else was that? The Florida State without Jack Cohn being clutch. And I'm probably missing another game. So we knew the only game he wasn't clutch, but this is the thing. Even in the bowl game against Oklahoma State, when they got the ball back, I expected Notre Dame to win that game because Jack Cohn had been clutch in several moments during that season. And he just missed Lorenzo on that post route by this much. Just love. missed him. Just missed him. That's the before half, him. right? No, that was, at the end. that was in the end of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. End of the game, he yep. just missed Lorenzo Styles by that much. But he had that clutch gene. He had it in him. If he comes back the next year, they beat Ohio State in that first game. If Jack Cohn is the quarterback instead of Tyler Buckner on the we road, win that game. Ohio we State, win that oh, they, win that they, game. oh, they without a doubt, Notre Dame wins win that, that game. game. We win that without game. a doubt, they win that game. That's the benefit of. So when we say, "Yo, we wish Riley Leonard." People try to paint the picture that we don't like Riley Leonard. When we we want Riley Leonard to be here for two years. If we didn't like him, we wouldn't be saying, man, we wish Riley Leonard could be here for two years because then we would really get the return on investment. That's right. We get the transfer. We're trying to – we're buying a house and selling it before it raises in value. Right. Right. It's we're like, damn, we go, we're not going to let it double his money? We're just going to take it as is and then try to reflip it. That's not making no money on our side unless we find a person that sees more value yeah, and wants to give us more than what we're asking for or what it's worth. Essentially, yeah. we're not letting yeah. it stack his, stack his bread and get, you know, we're just saying it quick flips. So for us, that's a risk. Yeah. <laughs> if we're a real estate market, that's a risk. That's a risk. So... That's not saying we don't like it. That's why we got it. If we didn't like it, we wouldn't have got it. Jack Cohn might be the most quarter, clutch quarterback Notre Dame has had in the last Shit. Shit. 10 years. A long time, yeah. Dude, I mean. From being in a position where the quarterback got to win the game, Jack Cohn's only the only person that's really 
succeeded in that circumstance. When it, when, mean, when, Ian, when the Ian chips, had, Ian had a few moments. Ian had a few moments. Ian had which moments? He had the Clemson moment. The Clemson moment was clutch. To Avery we were smacking USC at that time, so it wasn't like he was. Yeah. We yeah. Was, so the only moment he had where it was like chips are down, quarterback brings us back was Clemson. Yeah. Every other game we didn't win. Or every other game we were supposed to win. Yeah, man. It so, is. Uh, I look. I, I think Riley Leonard is going to be fantastic, bro. Nobody. I think care. he'll be. I think he'll be good through the regular season. I don't think it'll be something where he's just a a glaring mistake. He's not going to give us no. Oh, why did we pick this guy up? Vibes. He's going to give us the vibes of, oh, man, this guy is rocking out. And then we'll overinflate his ability. And then week eight, because it's like you can't you can't go by the first four or five games of the season because everybody's good coming the first four or five games of the season because you're coming off a of training, two a days, your mindset been on nothing but football. You done took five million reps. You got money in the bank. As you get further and further from that training camp and further and further into having tests, you know, I know Riley went to Duke, but the work's still the work. You know, you still got to graduate. So you're going to be in that Club Hesburgh late night getting it in. How is that affecting you week eight, week nine, week 10, going into the playoffs in the term semester? So, you know, the gauntlet of managing a schedule like Notre Dame has got to be something he's thinking about as well that takes a toll yeah yeah and like we said this the schedule is is you don't have the same gauntlet in the in the meat of the crust of the schedule like 10 had to go through this year no that, that ohio state to louisville run was that was crazy that was crazy. But I think this is because we're going to talk about there are three things Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame have learned. Left. Three things? Three things. You know what Marcus Freeman had to learn? He had to bring it every night. <laughs> know what he had to learn? I can't be sitting up here talking about college champ, national championships and college football, football playoffs without <laughs> without the horses. I think he's learned that. Oh, yeah, without the horses, yeah. I think he's horses. learned that, right? Like, oh, yeah, man, this team is capable of this. This team game, yo, you need some horses, my brother. Yeah. If you're going to talk that talk, you need, need some more key players. Yeah. You Not only do you have to go recruit those horses, Cause it's nice to have some nice four stars, some upper echelon three stars guys coming back. Yeah, that's nice. But you got to go get some dudes, man. National championship teams have dudes. It's not where where, where 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 you go to media and they ask you about certain players. Yes. Not not when you go up to media and gotta tell them what you saw at practice. Yeah. 
when the media is like, hey, what you think about Ben Morrison? How he looking? What he? Hey, Ben Morrison's first round. He's just doing what he does to help team get better. But if you got to tell people about your players, especially your own reporters, that ain't that ain't bringing the excitement where, you know, you go to Alabama, they like, Bryce Young got a million dollars on his head. Yeah. And he ain't taking a snap yet. Yeah. What's that pressure like, Coach Saban? You been getting him ready, right? So I think that it would be nice if we had more preseason NFL draft prospects and that hype behind it going into a season where I think we'll have a lot of guys by the end of the season be on draft boards. Yeah, I think they've learned that lesson in connection with that. I think they've learned some valuable lessons on the recruiting trail. I think Marcus Freeman, in connection with number one, what we talked about, you need dudes. You just can't come in and say, yo, we want to execute. You see, all of that execute, 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 fan base gets tired of hearing that in post-game press conferences after losses, bro. We just got to execute. And, and, man, the execution wasn't there. Well, why isn't the execution there? Y'all not practicing right? Left. You know, you know what's easy. You know what's easy to execute, left? You want to you want get the ball wanna... to your best players? Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> this is what you know what the most unguardable shot in NBA history has been? The free throw. What dude? That's oh, I mean, really... I thought you'd be technical. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Kareem's hook shot. Oh, yeah, easily. Sky hook, easy. And you know what Magic Johnson did for 75% of his career? Skyhood walked the ball up court and passed it to Kareem. Yep. You know how easy and efficient of an assist that is left. You go right. You go. You go add up assist quick to pass the ball to the man that has the most efficient and unguardable shot in NBA history. You need dudes, man. You need dudes. You can have the greatest passer, the greatest quarterback. He needs dudes. So I agree with Steve Young. Every quarterback needs help. Now, some quarterbacks don't need as much. Those, are, those, those are the upper echelon greats, right? Don't do. And then Steve Young, he's a Hall of Famer. He could be have a, a, a huge ego. Steve Young was like, hey, man, I needed all of those dudes around me to get me over the hump. We needed Dion to come in as a free agent. And help me get a Super Bowl. I'm like, yo, I respect that. <clears throat> most most quarterbacks are egotistical and won't even admit that. I think a little of that is a little reverse psychology because Steve Young was that dude too now. Yeah, but he couldn't get over the hump. Being that dude. And I understood he was in the shadow of a great one. He was in the shadow of Joe Montana. And Joe Montana got over the hump with those same dudes. So that was tough. That was tough to have to deal with. But it's like, yo, it is what it is. The quarterback in Notre Dame is going to need some help, left. Because remember, for a long time, Notre Dame fans are like, yo, we just need a quarterback. That was the hysteria behind 10 when he came to Notre Dame, right? Oh, we finally got a quarterback. Mm, but did you get a dude? Yeah, I think they dampened 10 and the perception behind it dampened the, oh, we need a, a quarterback to fix all our problems. Because when we got the guy we thought we needed, not only did it show that 
it wasn't the guy we got that we thought we needed, but also that it may be a bigger picture that we're missing as to why it's not happening the way we feel like it should. So when you're in a situation that you say in the quarterback's the solution, we get the guy, the number one guy you can get for what we needed. And then you go into the season, you don't use him as much. You don't use him in the moments that you got him for. He doesn't win those games. Then you start taking a step even further back and saying, okay, well, he didn't have his offensive coordinator. The, uh, the, the style of play wasn't really fitting him. So we had almost unrealistic expectations for him, but then overhyped the value of his talent. So it was complete disorganization top to bottom. But the thing that stands over everything is if you win football games or if that talent shows overall. And I don't and I think we correctly define his level of talent in terms of tier quarterback we thought going in. So when you're one for three out of your big games that we signed you for, okay, now we can ask that question, what's going on deeper? Yeah. And I think Connected to that, this is even nuanced, and this is just only the first thing I believe Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame learned. They recognized that. They said, we went out and got a quarterback last year. We didn't get him help. We didn't get him a dude. We rolled with what we had, and that was a mistake. So they said, this year, we're going to go out and get the quarterback, but not only that, we're going to go out and get get the help. We're going to get some help as well. See, Marcus Freeman, it's that they learn, man. They learn their lesson. Like, yo, my grandfather used to always tell me that. Because my grandfather was never a stickler about if you messed up and made a mistake. His big question to us was, did you learn anything? Right. Because if you didn't learn anything, now we got a problem. Now we got a problem. Because that means you, we're going to be back in the same position. Once again, you got to learn something. So you can evolve and get a little bit better. Notre Dame and his coaching staff, they've learned. Like, we just can't go get the quarterback and bank on the quarterback. We got to go get some help. We have to yeah. go get a Chris Mitchell. We have to go get a Bo Collins, right? We have to get, we have to change the wide receiver room and recruitment. Up to Annie and that. We were blessed to get a Jordan Faison. We never saw that coming. Never saw it coming. No, never saw that coming. Saw and we have, to up, we have to up the Annie and stop having our wide receivers injured and go get a new guy that's all about the things. Oh, the strength be- coach. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. This is Marcus Freeman learning his lessons. Like, yo, these are all of the issues that are plaguing us. And we have to find a way to counter these things to make sure they don't happen again. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Second lesson Marcus Freeman has learned. Hey, bro. <laughs> Being a head coach in Notre Dame is different. If you thought you knew, now you know. Now you know. But the conversations that he's had with Jack Swarbrick and Pete Favacqua allows him to understand that he is not making excuses, nor is he going to settle. The previous head coach just took it and settled and resigned the program to the fact that we are incapable of going after Top Tampa. Yeah. He made it up in his mind. I'm not even going to fight for it. I'm not going to push back. Marcus Freeman, subtly, 
uh, or out finesse, however he's done it, has been able to spit that game. As Biggie would say, spit your game, talk your hey. Marcus Freeman has been able to do that to get through to the administration, to get through to people Bobby. Like, yo, we need money for this. We need to invest in this. I'm going to need some leniency in this. We're going to have to open up to NIL a little bit more. Yeah, do you think he he's the one that says we need X amount of dollars to do this, or is it is it something nah, else? I think, kind of like, dude, the way Notre Dame operates, Notre Dame probably knows what it takes without Marcus Freeman and please. Notre Dame has the capologists of all capologists when it comes to handling money. Oh, you're talking about you capologists. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, they got capologists for like how this should be allocated to this depart this department, that department. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but those are non-football people making that. Notre Dame can raise it quick and spend it slow. That is Notre Dame. Man, they, raise they it can, quick. Or raise they it quick, raise stash a, thir- a third of it, and then Man, spend it slow. <laughs> they can raise it very quickly and then spend it very slow. Yeah. And honestly... Everybody should want to do that in their personal lives. Make the money quick and spend it slow. Spend it slow. Spend it slow. So they are the good stewards. Like, if Jack Swarbrick wasn't lying. Wasn't lying. He was not lying. They are the good <laughs> stewards of college football. Yeah, he's like, we're going to show you how to save this money out here and still get stuff done and still make more than y'all. We're going to show you how we can make more than you and spend less and do more than you. Man, hey, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Thirdly, the third lesson that has been learned by Marcus Freeman and this staff. You have to do the most to get the top guys. They've learned the lesson left. I think they've learned the lesson. I think they lost some guys, especially in that 23 class, because everyone was kind of treated the same, left, right? Yeah, and when the fight got dirty, they kind of took the place of ah, oh, we really don't have to, right? Yeah. When, when the fight got dirty with Dante Moore, they kind of took the place of ah, oh, we'll just look somewhere else. Uh, you know, CJ Carr wants to come, so ah, oh, we'll just take CJ. Yeah, we'll take the path of least resistance. And they were willing. To not have a quarterback in the class. I mean, they went after some guys late. But they were willing to say, yo, we got CJ coming next year. And Kenny Minchie just happened to call. It just fell out, fell into their laps. Right? But when everything got sticky with Dante and they were asked to fight a little bit harder, they were kind of like, eh. You know, when they were asked to fight a little harder. Remember, Keon Keeley was like, I'm decommitting, but I still want to consider you guys and they were like "Uh, well you know we'll just move on and i think they're learning like okay if we if we want these kids that are top 50 kids top we can't just move on as fast when it when the going gets tough we just can't move on man that's the price of going after top talent dude i mean you might lose them might lose them you flat out might lose them Hey, 
And if you lose them, then okay, we gotta go, we have to go to the transfer portal for this position. But you said you want to come in and go after the elite talent. That's what you said as a defensive coordinator. That's what you said as a head coach. You want to build a staff where we're going after the top talent, where we're not satisfied. We're relentless. That's fine. So when it comes to a Nathaniel Wusu, Botan, at ING, a school that normally Notre Dame doesn't get a kid from, this is a dogfight. If things start looking a little tough, don't back out. Fight. Fight. Chris Burgess Jr. is going, Ohio State is not going to stop. Alabama's not going to stop coming after Chris Burgess Jr. They're not. Fight to keep him in the class. I don't think he's going to flip. But fight, because people are going to come after Deuce Knight. Fight. If Deuce decides to take an official, fight. All oh, man, if you take an official somewhere else, you know, where we Yeah, don't do the salty thing. Yeah, don't do the salty thing. Don't do that. Just don't fight. Do that. Don't do the salty thing, because that's no. not going to help. No, it doesn't help at all. It doesn't help one bit. Fight. This staff, I believe, has learned that lesson, lesson. That's right. There are some other things I had in the running. I just wanted to do three. But I think the staff, man, they've learned their lesson. And I think they're all in on the top player in the 25 class. I really do. I think they're in it to the end. They're in it to the fight. I don't think they're going to get weary in the well-doing. And I think Notre Dame, if I had to guesstimate, I had this conversation last night. From the guys that were at junior day this past weekend, I feel comfortable saying Notre Dame is going to get minimum six of those kids that were there that are not committed. Six? Six. Man, that's a lot. They're going to get six of those kids that were not committed on the trip. That would, so that puts them at right about 20 commits in the class, comfortably, where I fit, with five more spots to fill during the summer and the season in the fall. That Look, left. that's a top five class. Yeah. If, if Notre Dame has truly learned their lesson, we should see a top five class from Notre Dame this time next year. Period. And it would translate on the field too, not just on the recruiting recruiting boards. Uh, man, look. It is what it is. And of course, you know, you have to deal with, you know, recruiting sites feeling like, oh, we're going to drop this kid because he committed to Notre Dame. It happens every year. Every year. Just for no reason. Every year. You know, we had two five-stars, and then we had people drop. And then they decommit and then get a star when they decommit. How you gain a star when you decommit go somewhere else? Man, look. Lucky Lucky Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.